going to pick it up from the top of Memtes Amid Aleph by the Mishnah. Today's daf is not difficult. It's uh, a lot of Agadita, so it should uh, go fairly quickly. So the Mishnah starts off like this. Arba Asr Shechalios B'Shabes. We know generally that on Erev Pesach we burn the Chametz. So the question is, what happens, which I believe is the case this year, when Erev Pesach falls out on Shabbos? So when should you dispose of the Chametz? So, Mivarin Esakol Milufnei HaPesach Divra Meir. Rameir says, we dispose of all the chametz before Shabbos. I mean, you get rid of everything, even truma, non-truma, get rid of everything before chametz. Obviously, you save just enough for the two meals, but get rid of everything before, before Shabbos. Even though Shabbos, technically, you could dispose of chametz, not through burning, but you could flush it down the toilet. Rameir feels that burning is the icker way to dispose of chametz. And obviously, because Erev Shabbos, Erev Pesach is Shabbos, you can't burn on Shabbos, so dispose of it, burn it before before Shabbos. The Chacham the say no. Dispose of everything on Shabbos, meaning you don't have to get rid of anything before Shabbos. On Shabbos, flush it all down the toilet. Not a problem. Rav Elazabat Sadik Aymer, Rav Elazabat Sadik says, Truma Milfnea Shabbos. Truma, that's Chametz, dispose of before Shabbos. Because Truma can only eat by Kehanim, like yourself, then it's very difficult to dispose of it on Shabbos because the way to dispose of it is obviously through flushing down the toilet, which you don't want to do with Truma, or by having people eat it. Now, there's very little chance of getting enough people to eat the truma. So truma dispose of it before Shabbos, because the likelihood of people eating it on Shabbos is very small. But chulin, but the rest of chametz, just bismana, get rid of it, bismana, get rid of it on Shabbos, because there'll be enough people to eat it, invite some people over, let everybody eat it. But truma, which is hard to get people to eat, because they can only eat if they're kehanim, that just dispose of before Shabbos. Starts the Gemara Tanya, Rabbi Lazarus Tzadikaimer. Rabbi Lazarus says, "Pamachas Shabbos Abba Biyavna." Once my father was staying on Shabbos in the city of Yavna, v'chalar biyaser lias b'Shabbos, and erev Pesach fell out on Shabbos. Uba Zunin Mimuna Shal Rav Gamliel, and Zunin, who was the Gabbai of Rav Gamliel, came. V'omar Hegiyah Eis Levaris Achametz. V'olach Diachar Abba Be'artis Achametz. He said, "Let's get rid of the Chametz on Shabbos," and we got rid of it, meaning flush it down the toilet. So you see that that was one of the Eitzos is to get rid of it on Shabbos. Okay. Weiter in the next Mishnah. The next Mishnah is like this. We generally know that we like to do Bedikas Chametz, and then we do Bir Chametz. Now, obviously. One method of getting rid of chametz is just being mavatalit, but we hold that that's while that might be enough biblically, rabbinically, you're supposed to do beer, you're supposed to do bedika, get rid of it. The question is, what if I'm going to do a mitzvah and I forgot to do bedikas chametz? Can I just be mavatalit, or do I have to go back and forego doing the mitzvah? So the Mishnah says like this: is You're going to bring the carbon pesach, which is obviously a very important mitzvah, or velamalas benoi, or you're going to perform the circumcision of your son, also a very important mitzvah. or you're going to the sudas erisin. They're a chasen, right? We know that erisin, that marriage, has two process, two steps. There's the ring, there's the kedushin, and then there's the nesuin going into the yichud room. So we do both at the same time, but in the times of the Gemara, they would do the ring, and then a year later do the chuppah. Do the room. So, they, a lot of times after they would give the ring and say Harim Li, they would have a Suda. So you're going to do that Suda. So that's going to a Suda's mitzvah. And you realize, So you realize, I didn't do Bidikas Chametz. So generally, just being Mavatalit is not enough. But the question is, can I just be Mavatalit and rely on that because I don't want to forgo the mitzvah? So the halach is. So if you can go back to your house, burn the Chametz, 
and then still have time to do the mitzvah, yasavira, that's what you should do. Bim lav, but if you don't have time to do both, you either just do the mitzvah or do bidikas chametz and beer chametz, then mevatl belibo. Just do bitl. Just rely on verbally nullifying the chametz, which is a biblical form of beer chametz. And, you know, when you come back, you get rid of it on Pesach. But the point is, you can rely on that, and you don't actually have to go back and to physically destroy the chametz. Now, that's because you're on your way to do a mitzvah. Now, now those mitzvahs, there's three levels. There's the mitzvah that we just said, which is, those are mitzvahs, they're obviously very important, but if you have time to go back and then do the mitzvah, do that. Because they're not time-sensitive. They're slightly time-sensitive, but, you know, you're going to do the bring the carbon Pesach, you have five hours to bring the carbon Pesach. If I'm a 20-minute drive home, go 20 minutes and then do the mitzvah. There's some mitzvahs, though, lahatzel minanochrim, uminanohar, uminalistim, uminadleika, minamapoiles, but what if you're going to save someone's life, like you're saving them from the river, minanohar, from, uh, from, uh, minanochrim, sorry, you're saving from goyim, minanohar, from the river, minalistim, from bandits, minadleika, from a fire, minamapoiles, from a collapsed building, let's see, you're on So, in that situation, it's not just a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah that's so time-sensitive, you've got to believe it. Don't go back. Even if you have time, don't go back. Every second is important. And therefore, don't start making cheshbonus. Oh, if I go back, I may be able to save him. No, no, no. Just keep doing the mitzvah and be mavatalit. Now, what if you're on your way not to do a mitzvah, just to do something stam? Lishva shvises harashus. You're going to set up a, a, a eruvei tchumen. It's an optional thing. You want to set up your tchum. Right, we had an air of him that you could set up your tchum outside of the city. You want to do that. It's optional. You don't have to do that. Then, yachzamiyad, you got to go back. Meaning, if you're on your way to do something optional, you got to go back. Now, one more halacha. You know, we, we talked about going back when it comes to the carbon Pesach, or when it comes to chametz. So what happens if you're leaving your shalayim? And you realize that you have kachim in your possession. Now, these are Kachim Kalim. Kachim Kalim are not allowed to be taken outside of Yushalayim, like the Shlomim. And you realize that you left Yushalayim. So the halacha is that because the meat was taken outside of Yushalayim, the halacha is that it's supposed to be burnt. Now, Lichachila, you're supposed to burn it in Yushalayim. The question is, I left Yushalayim, do I have to go back? Similar to the Chametz, where I left my house, do I have to go back? Over here, it's I have in my possession meat of Karbonos. Do I have to go back... Is it halachically required for me to go back to Yushalayim, or can I burn it wherever I realize it? So the halach is like this. Im avar If you left a place called Saifim, which is a city, according to Rashi, it's a city, according to Taisvis, it's mountains where you could see Yushalayim. So let's go with Rashi. If you left, if you left past the city Tsofim, then Sarfabim Koma, you could just burn it in its place. Vimlav, but if you passed by, if you're not past Sofim, then go back to Yushalayim and burn it by the by the Mizbeach, by the Beis Hamikdash. There was an area where they would burn Karbonos. So go back and burn it there. Now, so we talked about going back for Chametz uh, and going back for Karbonos. The question is, how much? We talked about. Do you have to go back? So we said, if you have time, go back for Chametz. How much Chametz? Ad kama hin How much Chametz is significant enough that I have to go back? Even if I have the time, how much? Rav Meir Omer, Zev is a Kebeah. Rav Meir says both regarding the case of Chametz and the sacrificial meat, it's a Kebeah. It's an egg. Rav Yudah Omer, Zev is a Kezayis. Rav Yudah says both, it's a Kezayis. Bechacham Omerim. And the Chametz say, Basar Kaidesh Bechazayis. Regarding Karbanos, it's a Kezayis. And Chametz a Kebeah. Okay, so those are the Shiurim of, uh, 
of how much is considered significant that you have to go back. Let me just move the fan. Hold on one second. Let's move the fan to me. start the Gemara. So we said in the example of the Mishnah, the Mishnah was listing mitzvahs, and then it listed things that are not mitzvahs. One of the lists that was considered a mitzvah, that if you don't have time, you don't have to go back to do Badikas Chametz and do Badir Chametz, you don't have to go back to Bernie, you can just be Mavatal it. One of them was to go to the meal of Erison, a Kedushan meal. As I said, they would do Kedushan, Harim Kedush, they have a meal. So that was called a Sudas Mitzvah. So the question is, is that really considered a Sudas Mitzvah? Or many, I have a contradiction if you're going to the Sudas Erisin, this meal, which we said in the Mishnah is a mitzvah, this Bryce says you got to go back, meaning it's not considered a mitzvah, and if you remember that you have chametz, you got to leave the meal, so you have a contradiction. What The Mishnah calls this meal a mitzvah, and therefore, if you, have a, if you don't have time to, if, you, if going back will mean foregoing the meal, have the meal and just be mevatalit, but this Bryce says that that meal is not a mitzvah, so is it a mitzvah or not? So the Gemara answers, I'm Rav Yochanan, lo kasha, ha-Rav Yehuda, ha-Rav Yossi. The answer is, it's a machlokas. Titania, sudas eris and reshustiv, Rav Yehuda, Rav Yossi, omer mitzvah, it's a machlokas, Rav Yehuda and Rav Yossi, whether that meal is considered a sudas mitzvah or not. The argument probably two or four is that it's part of the wedding process, so that would seem like it's a mitzvah, but it's not the full kedushin, right? I mean, it's not the full marriage. The marriage is not concluded yet. That's a year later, so therefore, because it's a meal that's quasi-in, quasi-out, it's a machlokas. Okay, Vahashadam Rav Chizda, Rav Chizda said, Machlaikis Besuda Shniya, the Machlaikis between Rav Yehuda and Rav Yossi, whether that meal is considered a mitzvah, was dafka by the second meal. Apparently, after Kedushin, they would make two meals. They would have the initial meal, and then a little bit later, they would have a second meal. So says Rav Chizda, the whole Machlaikis of whether it's a mitzvah or not is by the second meal. Avul Besuda Rishayna, but regarding the first meal, the initial meal after Kedushin, Divrako Mitzvah. Everyone agrees that's a mitzvah. Oh. Now, according to Rav Chizda, that there's a difference between the first meal and the second meal, you can answer the contradiction between the Mishnah and the Brisa very simply. Again, the Mishnah said that that meal is a mitzvah, the Brisa said it's not. So at first we thought it's a machlokas in Rav Yehuda and Rav Yossi, but now the answer is they both could have been authored by Rav Yehuda. When the Mishnah said it's a mitzvah, it's talking about the initial meal. And when the Brisa said it's not a mitzvah, it's talking about the second meal. Okay. Tanya. Rav Yudah said, I, I only consider it a mitzvah the first meal, but not the sevloinus. The sevloinus was the second meal. Rav Yudah said, no, both are a mitzvah. Okay. Tanya, Rav Shimon Oimer. Any meal that is not considered a sudas mitzvah, a tamachacham should not eat by. Now, the Gemara understands this to mean not just an optional meal, every breakfast is not a sudas mitzvah. He means that it's a meal that people think is a mitzvah, but it's really not. If it's a meal that people think is a mitzvah, but it's really not, a tamachacham should not eat by. What's considered a mitzvah by some, but it's really not a mitzvah? Kigoyin mai, amrav yeichon kigoyin bas koyin li Yisrael, bas tamachacham lama aretz. So, um, so I think this is actually negayu, right? So the halacha is a bas koyin to a yisrael. If a yisrael marries a bas koyin, a yisrael marries a bas koyin, the halacha is that, or a bas or a talmud chacham lama aretz, it's not considered a great thing. 
Meaning, a koya into a Yisrael, it's not really considered the best thing because it's better for a Baskoyin to marry a Koyin. A Baskoyin to marry a Koyin. But if a Baskoyin marries a Yisrael, and we'll see in a moment, we'll, we'll see later on, this is talking about a Baskoyin that marries a Yisrael who's not a very learned guy. So a Baskoyin that marries someone who's not a very learned guy, it's not a great thing because she's a Baskoyin, she's Choshev. To marry someone who's not very learned, that's not a Talmud Chacham. It's a problem. It's not considered a Suda's mitzvah. Or a Bas Tamachachim Amaritz. Or the daughter of a Tamachachim Magan Amaritz. Amaritz is someone who's completely ignorant. That's also not great. So, just to focus on the first one, which is that a Bas Kayin should either marry a Kayin or marry a Yisrael who's a Tamachachim. This is sort of how we paskin, and that's why the Tzanach Tzadik and the Babach Rebbe, whenever he would hear about a Chasana between a Bas Kayin and a Yisrael, where Yisrael is marrying the daughter of a Kayin, he'd always tell the Chasan that he should learn. During the engagement period, he should learn uh, at least one small Masechta note well. That way he's considered a Tamachacham, and he's not going to be included in the problem the Gemara says that it's not considered Suthis Mitzvah, and it's considered a bad thing. If he's a Tamachacham, it's fine. So the Gemara says that a Bast Koyin to a, tam, to a Yisrael that's not a Tamachacham is not a good thing. Dom Rav Yechanan, Bast Koyin Yisrael, a Bast Koyin who marries a Yisrael, who's not a Tamachacham, Ein Zivu it's not going to be a, a marriage that's going to be blessed with good fortune. Mahi, what does that mean? Either the Kain's daughter will become a widow, a divorcee, or she won't have children. Very harsh things. And that's why the way to avoid this is to become a Tamachachim. And then if the Yisrael is a Tamachachim, then it's of course a very good union. The Brisa says, Kaivra, um, her husband will bury her, or she'll bury him, or maybe also the Aeneas, so they'll become poor. Again, not good things. Aini, is this true that you're telling me that Israel should not marry a Bas Koyin, that a Bas Koyin should only marry a Koyin? Rav Yechonon said, if you want to be wealthy, marry a Bas Koyin, because you have that she's a Bas Koyin, that you have that Taira and the Kahuna come together. So you see, it's a good thing to marry a Bas Koyin. So is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? So Loi Kasha. The answer is it depends. If the Yisrael, the husband, the Chasen, is a Tamil Chacham, it's a great thing. If he's Amaritz, if he's ignorant, not a good thing. And that's why, as I said, the Tzemach Tzedek and the Lubavitch Rebbe would tell Chasanim who are marrying Abbas Kayin that they should learn, try in the, during the engagement period, to become a Tamil Chacham by taking a small Masechta and knowing it super well. Rabbi Yehoshua Nosef Kahanta. And Cholash, or Yudah married a Kehenes, a Baskayan, and he became sick. Omar, he said, Aaron Akayan is obviously not happy with me uh, being his son in law, meaning it's because I'm marrying a Baskayan and, and Baskahanim are so Choshiv that I'm obviously not worthy. Ravidi Barovin married a Kehenes, and Nafki Mine Trebne Smichi, he had two great children. Two Rabbanim who are gay me the Chum, which are Rav Shishir's Breder of Idi and Rav Yishur Breder of Idi. Okay. Um, Rav Papa, Eloi Nesivna Kahanta. Rav Papa said, if I had not married a Kehenes, I would not have become wealthy. Um, Rav Kahana, Rav Kahana said further, Eloi Nesivna Kahanta, Loi Galoi, had I not married a Kehenes, I would not have been exiled. Meaning, what happened was, what happened was, who is this? This is Rav Kahana. Rav Kahana, by the way, it also seems that he was not, that he's, uh, that he's not a, a, uh, a Kayan. So, one second. Hold on one second. 
I'm sorry, I just have to take care of this for one second. I have to remind people that something. Hold on, I'm sorry about that. So, yeah, so the story of, of Rav Kahana, it's like this. Rav, Kahana's, Rav Kahana had killed somebody. There was a person who was a moiser. There was a person who, um, who was a very bad person. Um, and I, he was, he was, um, he was, uh, what do you call it? He was sending pe- the government on people. He was, he was putting people in danger. So the halach is, you're allowed to kill them. So Rav Kahana killed that person. And because of that, he had to be exiled to Eretz Yisrael. He had to run away from the government. So I'm Rav Kahana, I'm only, I was only exiled because of, because I married a Baskayan. Meaning that's, that was my punishment. Amrle, they said, you, you moved to Eretz Yisrael. That's not such a bad thing. You went to a Tyredika town. Like, why is that such a big deal? He says, I moved. But most people, when they move to Eretz Yisrael, it's not because they're running away from the government. I ran away from the government, which is an unpleasant way to move, and that was as a punishment for marrying Ibas Kain. Amrav Yitzchak, Rav Yitzchak says further, anyone who benefits from an optional feast, meaning... You should, uh, especially for a Tamil Chacham, you shouldn't be benefiting so much from pleasures of this world. So anyone who benefits from an optional meal, L'Saif Goyla will eventually go into exile. And you eat the sheep that are fat and calves. And therefore you'll be put into exile. Okay. Go a little weiter. Tan Rabbonin. Any Tamil Chacham who eats a lot in a lot of places, meaning he gets used to a lot of money, Saiv Machruv is Beisai. The Marsha says eventually he's gonna, his house is going to fall apart, meaning a Tamil Chacham who doesn't have a lot of money, but he's got a taste uh, for, for a lot of wealth, meaning he's getting used to a lot of meals. It's, uh, it's eventually going to lead to his house falling apart because he's going to want money and he doesn't have it. Um Alman is and he'll widow his wife. Um Yasim is Goyvlov, and his children will become orphans. And his title will be forgotten. Um Achlekis Rab is supposed to love, and he'll have a lot of arguments. And no one's going to listen to him. He'll desecrate the name of Hashem for Tamachachem to be that physical. It's a Chil Hashem. Hashem Rabbi is his his Rebbe's name. Hashem of his father's name. He's going to get a bad name for himself. What's the bad name? They'll call him. They'll call his children the son of a, of an oven warmer. Like they'll say, oh, your father always used to make the oven hot because he always ate so much. It was a, it was an insult. Rava Omar Bar Merakid Bekuvi. They would call him the son of a, of a, of a, a dancer, a bar dancer. Meaning, it was a de- degrading way. You know, people would dance in bars for money. So it's like your father was a tamachacham, and now he was so into money. It's he's so into extravagance that it's like the bar dancing. Rav Papa Omer Bar Melachich Pinchi. It's the son of a plate licker. Uh, sounds like good insults. And Rav Shmai Omer Bar Machrova. Uh, the son of uh, someone who sleeps on the sleeps on his clothing. I mean, basically, the Yisoyed is the first. For, even though it's okay for a lot of people to do it, but when you're a Tamachacham, you represent the Torah. You have a higher standard. A person should sell everything that he has, prepared to be sell, sell everything. And marry the daughter of a Tamachacham. I mean, make sure your wife is a the daughter of a Tamachacham. Why? Because if the husband dies or is exiled. Who's going to raise the kids? The daughter. So, the wife. So, if the wife came from a Talmud Chacham house, then she'll be able to raise the kids in the right path. But if she comes from a place that's not like that, then the concern is that maybe the children will not be going the right path. But don't marry the daughter of an Amoret. 
Because if you uh, if the husband dies, then who's going to take care of the kids? Tan Rabbanon. A person should sell everything that he has. And marry the daughter of a Tamachacham. And he should marry his own daughter to a Tamachacham. This is a song. Meaning a union between a Tamachacham and the daughter of a Tamachacham is like grapes combining with other grapes. It's considered beautiful and acceptable. But a Tamachacham should not marry the daughter of an Amaret, the daughter of someone who's very ignorant and against Torah. Because it's like taking grapes and combining it with a thorn bush. Go to the next page. It's considered difficult and not miskabel. The rabbis teach. A person should be prepared to sell everything that he has. And that he can marry the daughter of a Tamachacham. Let's say you don't you you couldn't find the daughter of a Tamachacham, then Adar. You should marry the daughter of a good Adar. If you look at Rashi, the Gadol Adar, Rashi says, Tzadikim. So you see that Tzadikim were not always big Tamid Chacham. That there's Tamid Chacham and then there's Gadol Adar, there's Tzadikim. Let's say there's no daughter of a Gadol Adar that's available for Shadokim. Then marry community leader heads' daughters. The daughter of a community leader, at least they're involved in the Kalal. If they're not available, then marry the daughter of someone who collects tzedakah. The, the person who is in charge of collecting tzedakah and distributing tzedakah was always very ethical. Then if they're not available, at least marry the daughter of school teachers. But don't marry the daughter of an Amaretz. Because they're disgusting. Now, before we go back there, I want to make it clear. The Gemara now is going to say very harsh things regarding Amaratzim. Now, Amaratzim has different meanings throughout Shas. Most of the time, it means someone who just doesn't know anything. That's not what we're referring to right now. We're talking about people that not just didn't know anything, they were violent people who were potentially in the danger of killing others. These were Amaratzim that were not just ignorant, they were dangerous. So as we're going to see right now, because we deal with people that were dangerous, it changes the perspective. Like here, Tanya, Rebbe Oymer, Ama Aretz Asalech Basar. Now an Ama Aretz is not allowed to eat meat. So now, um, so it's a machalik is what this means. Some say it means you're not allowed to eat the meat that he prepared because he's not trusted in kashras. Others say it means that because he's acting so disgusting, whatever level Ama Aretz this is, someone who's, uh, who's like a rapist or someone like a very low person, He's no longer considered like a person, right? We're only able to eat animals because we're higher up in the food chain of animals. But if you're acting like an animal, then what gives you the right to eat another animal? Shenemar, zois tairis of This is the tyra. Tyra just means laws, but it used the word tyra of behem and of of eating animals and birds. Only someone who can eat an animal is someone who's Isaac and tyra. If you're not Isaac and tyra, then then what gives you the right? Rav Lazar says, you're allowed to stab an Amaretz to death on Yom Kippur that falls out on Shabbos. The Yavit says, this is talking about an Amaretz who's incredibly dangerous, and therefore you're allowed to kill him because he's considered a roidif. The halach is that if someone's trying to kill you, you kill him first. Amr so the student said, 
Rabbi Armel Shachta, you said to stab him, you should say to slaughter, shechita, which is the same terminology of, meaning instead of saying the word stab, you should say shechita, which is to slaughter, but it's the terminology that we use regarding animals. So Armel and Zeton Bracha, Zeton Bracha. He says, I didn't want to use shechita, because shechita, at least there's a bracha by shechita. That's how low this Amaris is. Okay. Vaita. Amar Ravalazar. Ravalazar continues. Amaritz Asalislavas Imabadarh Yanala accompany Amaritz on the journey on the way because again they were dangerous. Shinemar, Kihuchayachimecha, Tyra is the life. Al Khaival Khasif, he doesn't want life because he doesn't want to learn Tyra. Alchai Khavela Kalshagan, you think he's gonna worry about your life? Amrab Shmu Banachmenium Ravechanon, Amaretz Mutla Kairika dog. In Amaretz you could tear open like a fish. And Amr Shmu Bayitzukhmigabi from his back. You can stab him in the back and kill him. Again, this is talking about someone who's incredibly dangerous. Like a rapist or, or someone who's a murderer. Tanya, I'm Rav Akiva. This is one of the famous lines that Rav Akiva describes his life before he became from. He became from at 40. I'm Rav Akiva, Kishayisi Amaaretz. When I was in Amaaretz, Amarti, I used to say, I wish I can get a Tamachach and I would bite him like a donkey. So I'm Rav Akiva, Rav Akiva, why bite him like a donkey? Bite him like a dog. A donkey breaks the bones. So Rav Akiva said that I, I wanted to bite Tami Dechacham like a donkey to break the bones. Now, why is this? So the Ramchal and others explain that Rav Akiva was always a tzaddik. He wasn't religious, but he was always a very good person. Ah, he says he wants to bite Tami Dechacham like a donkey and break their bones. The answer is, he saw things by Tami Dechacham that he thought that Tami Dechacham were not treating simpletons nicely. And out of respect, out of caring about every Jew... He was defending them in order, and he was going to bite Tamid Chum in a defense for other Jews. Okay. Tanya, Harav Meir Oimer, Kolamasya Bitel Amaretz, if you marry off your daughter to an Amaretz, it's like tying her down and putting her before a lion. Just like a lion attacks and, and eats without shame. So to this Amaretz, it would beat his wife. So they, they were not careful. They would they would hit their wives. So he said, if you marry Tamaretz, it's like uh, it's like putting her in a lion's den because she's in danger. Tanya, Revelazar Aimer, were it not that we needed them for business, how you said they would kill us. That's how dangerous they are. Meaning the only the the that he's referring to are so dangerous that they would only the only reason why they don't kill people is because they need them for money. Tanya Ravchia. Rabchia says, anyone who learns Torah before Namaretz, it's like living with the Amaretz's wife before him. I guess um, I guess it's embarrassing. Shanamar, Tyra Tsivulanu Maisha, Mayrasha, it's our inheritance. I'll take you Mayrasha, don't read it as Mayrasha, Alamairasa, it's our wife. Okay. Um Meaning, so it's like it's like living with, like the Amaretz hasn't lived with his wife yet. So by you learning Torah in front of him, it's like living with his wife in front of him. Okay. The Gemara says a phenomenon which we all know, which is self-hating Jews hate hate Jews more than non-Jews hate Jews. Tana Shanu and someone who was from and then went off the derech hates them the most. It's a phenomenon. There are six laws that are said regarding Amaratim. In Muslim Edus, we don't send them to testify about a certain concept. In Mekavon Menu Edus, we don't accept testimony from them. In Megavon we don't tell them secrets. We do not appoint them as 
uh, guarantors or uh, administrators for orphans' monies. We don't accompany them on a journey alone. Some say we don't even announce if they have a lost object, meaning if somehow you know that a lost object came from a group of Amaratsim, these bands, these gangs, we don't announce them because you only have to announce the lost object of a Jew who's acting like a brother. Someone who's acting not like a brother does not require you to announce his lost object. The Tanakama and the Tanakama who does not, who says that you should announce their lost object, is because he says maybe that Amaretz, although he's not deserving of anything, maybe he'll have his grandson who's a Tamil Chacham. So if you, you should give him his lost object back because maybe the Tamil Chacham grandson will eventually benefit from it. Okay. Let's just finish up. A new topic. So we had a Machloikis in the Mishnah as to how much Chametz or Karbanos do you have to own to go back. So Rav Meir, Rav Meir and Rav Yehuda says that you return for uh, a Beya, an egg, which is a large amount. And Rav Yehuda says a Kezayis. See, here's the problem. This is the same Gemara in the sixth paragraph of Brachas. Does that mean that a mayor always considers the significant when it's an, all, an, an egg's worth is the, is the, is the measurement? And a view that goes with an olive? Or many, but they have a contradiction. The contradiction is as follows. What's the amount of bread that you have to eat to bench? Right? Biblically, it's you have to be full. But rabbinically, it's less than amount. So what's the amount that you have to bench? So Rav Yehuda says, Rav Meir says, Atkezayis, in olives. And Rav Yehuda says, Kebeya. It's the reverse. So in our Mishnah, Rav Meir says, an egg. And over there, by benching, Rav Meir says, an olive. And our Mishnah, Rav Yehuda says, an, uh, an olive. Over there, he says, an egg. So it's reverse. So I'm Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda says, flip it. Okay. Meaning, the Gemara in the Mission Brachis is wrong. Flip it. Abaya Amr Abaya says, no, 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 don't flip it. There's no kasha. There's no kasha. Hasim Bikroi Kligi, Hacha Bisfar Pligi. Over there, they're not the same. Karbanos and, and, and the amount that you have to bench is not the same as Chametz and Karbanos. Why? Over there, it's based on a Pasuk, and over here, it's based on a, its logic. How so? Hasim Bikroi Pligi, when it comes to eating, of how much you have to eat, it's a machlagis based on the Pasuk. What does the Pasuk say? V'achalta v'savata. So Rav Meir Savar, v'achalta means you should eat. And savata means to drink. Savata doesn't mean full. Savasa means drinking. So v'achalta means you have to bench when you eat. V'savata, and when it's accompanied, zushtia, when it's accompanied by drinking. Therefore, all of the Pasuk really says is v'achalta. Normally when the Torah says v'achalta, means a kazayis. V'achalta v'kazayis. Meaning, he says v'achalta v'savata are two distinct uh, statements. V'yachalta means you bench when you eat, and v'savata means when that meal has drinks as well. Therefore, v'savata doesn't mean full, it just means you bench when you eat. V'yachalta. How much is v'yachalta? In, throughout the Torah, kezayis. That's what achil is always a kezayis. Matzah, how much matzah you have to eat? A kezayis. Rabbi Yehuda says, no, v'yachalta v'savata means achil sheish Achavata v'savata means what type of eating, what type of achila? V'savata has to be, make you full. It has to be more than a kezayis. Which is an egg, which is a beya, which is an olive. I'm sorry, which is an egg. Achila sheish basviya. No, beachalta v'savata means an eating sheish basviya that makes you full. Ezuzu meaning more than an egg, uh, more than a kazayis, more than an olive. And how much is it? It's kebeya. It has to be an egg's volume. So therefore, that's the machlekes regarding benching. But hachas over here regarding chametz and karbonos, 
Over here, it's based on a svara. What's the svara? They want to know how much how much of the food is significant enough to make me go back. Well, it's very simple. Rameir savar, chazarase kedumasai. Going back for chametz and for karbanos is like the laws of tumah. I mean, those are food. Then it's like the laws of tumah by food. How much food? How much food do you need in order to transfer tumah? Abeya ma tumas bekebeach chazarase bebeach. So abeya is significant. Review the savar. No, chazarase go to the next page. Ki isurai. He says no. You're looking for a significant amount. Don't worry about the amount of tumah. Worry about the amount of guarding iser. How much chametz do you have to eat to be chayv karis? A kazayis. How much karbanis do you have to eat to be chayv karis? A kazayis. So, ma'isur v'kazayis, achazeros v'kazayis. All right, we'll stop here. We'll pick this up tomorrow, Mr. Shem. You too, man.